Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. things I want to do is I want to kind of um, welcome everybody back because we took a couple of weeks off here um, for the holidays. So hope everybody had a Merry Christmas and a Happy Hanukkah and a Happy New Year. Um, and we are kicking it off with a bang, I think, because we have, I think, um, one of the most important guests we've ever had on this show. Come join us today. We are honored to have House Representative Chip Lamarca come join us today. So thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. How you, how'd your holidays go? You know, it was fantastic. We stayed here with the family, uh, enjoyed from uh, Christmas through New Year's. Mm -hmm. Didn't know what day the next day was because obviously you lose track of time if you're yeah. not working every day. But, it's a good feeling sometimes. Uh, it, it is. It is. It's <laughs> nice to be disconnected a little bit, but um, back up to speed now and ready to get up to Tallahassee next week and mm -hmm. start doing uh, the people's work. So when you go up there, I mean, how long... Are you up there for? So we uh, kind of the legislative process is this. Um, we're employed all year long as a state representative. Uh, we have six committee weeks separated by uh, about four, four over four months, three or four months prior to session. So this mm -hmm. year it's all early. It's moved up. So we started in September, October, November, and finished our last committee week uh, early December. And then we've been off and we go back to Tallahassee for the legislative session, which is 60 days. Um, by, by law, it's, uh, we've got to finish the session and come up with a budget and it's supposed to sign a die, which is the end of session by 60 days, which would be March 13th. So we go up mid, mid January to mid March, mm -hmm. non, uh, we'll say presidential or gubernatorial election years. We go up, uh, March and April. So it's a little earlier. It's gonna be cold up there yeah. for us South Florida guys. You yep. know? Yeah. Tallahassee um, gets cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was, spent a lot of time up there. It was funny. We went up to uh, went up last year. It was a regular year, March through uh, end of April, early May, and uh, Cora and I are cleaning our stuff out and coming home. And I said, "What's this overcoat for?" 
you know, because mm-hmm. it was like 78, 80 degrees in the daytime and humid and it's a swamp up there just like yep. uh, other places. But, uh, it, yeah, it gets uh, colder in the winter. It's really South Georgia more than it is North Florida. Yeah, when those and fronts they, come through up in Tallahassee, it's, you know, yeah. it can bite you. And there's and then fortunately there's no ocean to go uh, to go hang out in. Yeah. Well, you have to, you have to go down. What is it, Saint Mark's? Well, there's a. Uh, I've got some friends that have places like Saint Teresa Beach and okay. and uh, just south of Tallahassee. So you're kind of around Alligator Point, I think it is. And there's mm-hmm. it's the Gulf. It's 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 still yeah. body of water. It's great. It's pretty yeah. up there yeah. though. The way the hills go and the trees and everything like that. It the is high road and all yep. that. Yeah. That's that's really yeah, a nice. lot of lot, interesting. A lot of folks from certainly from down here. If you grew up in South Florida, have never been there. Everybody says, "Why, why is the capital situated in Tallahassee?" And at the time uh, that the capital was established, it was in between Pensacola and St. Augustine. So oh, it was really? The high, it was the high point and the center point of the two. It's almost you know two and a half hours each way. Yeah, yeah, so. that's interesting because I, I think a lot of people would say that if the capital were were to go now, it'd probably be Orlando. But, you, know, you know, the bright line is going to going to terminate there. So uh, yeah. it wouldn't, wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But uh, somebody has uh, in the past. Uh, the reason why we have the, the 22 story building in the middle of the new uh, newish from the early 70s uh, capital is because somebody decided they wanted to move it to Orlando and ran a bill and they quickly built the new building and it's it'll be there for yeah. a while. Oh, so. we're invested. We can't yeah. move. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I guess that's how it goes. So I want to officially welcome you to Connected by Water sponsored by Joey Cardi Chrysler Job Dodge Jeep Ram Subaru. I'm still fumbling over that. Been it's a little a t- while since you yeah. said it. It's been a little while. It's been a couple of weeks <laughs> since I had to say that, though. Joey does sponsor the show, and he does a great job Good people. in supporting us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a great member of the town, the community. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to throw that shout out there. I forgot to do that right in the beginning. So, um, we don't get too political on this show, mm-hmm. as you know, right? It's a very casual kind of thing. So, for me to actually bring, I guess, politician mm-hmm. on the show... It's kind of like, you know, goes against the grain for us. But, you know, it, it's not like out of the realm for, for me to do this because you're an advocate for clean water. Mm-hmm. Right? We're advocates for clean water. So I wanted to kind of bring you on a little bit to discuss that um, at, a, at really any level because we're big DeSantis fans on this show. And, and I think that a lot of the things that he's done mm-hmm. right off the bat have been phenomenal for this state. I mean, the state's in a very good position right now economically. Um, and clean water. Yeah, environmentally, we're in a very good position right now. A lot of it, I think, has to do with actions like him or uh, that he's done, actions that you've done. Um, And I just want you know, first of all, thank you for all the great work that you guys have been doing. This Um, this governor, um, so I'll put you at ease about the political stuff. I consider the work that I'm blessed to do as public service, so public servant more than a politician. Um, Probably my least favorite part of being in elected office is getting elected. Mm-hmm. That process and you know yeah. campaigning and all that, but um, you know this governor has specifically made it um, easy and he's made it cool for uh, people who happen to be registered Republicans like myself, the last one in Broward County, but to embrace and love the environment and, mm-hmm. and to talk about it. You know, I'd been because talking we about, do, yeah. I think it's a big miss. I've been talking about yeah. uh, sea level issues and climate issues for. Uh, a number of years, a dozen years since I've been in elected office at the county. And, you know, we really need to uh, stop thinking about some of those things as as political fodder because they really aren't. I mean, we right. all, we're all affected by the same climate, the same sea level issues. If we live in coastal Broward, uh, whether you're Democrat, independent or Republican. Yeah, no, so. I agree. I mean, it, it's something that affects us all. Um, it's something that if you don't keep a tight watch on, especially as our state 
sprawls yep. in the way it's been sprawling lately. It's always been sprawling, but really a lot lately. Yeah. And um, I, I think that has a lot to do with a lot of the issues that we have. Um, we're facing some of those issues currently in Fort Lauderdale yep. um, about how we need to maintain what we have. Um, we had um, recently some folks from Pompano Beach. We had Rex Harden on here okay. and Horatio Danovich of, of the CRA. And they got into a little bit of um, some of the sewer issues and some of the things that Pompano Beach has tried to done recently mm-hmm. with, with resurrecting these things um, or, or maintaining mm-hmm. and restoring them. Uh, Horatio mentioned that, you know, we don't have the same. He used to be in New York, mm-hmm. right? So he mentioned that we don't have the same problems that New York does because all that sewage is in granite. So some of those sewer pipes, they've been around for 200 years and they're totally fine. They don't have the same saltwater issues because they're locked in granite. Mm-hmm. But here we're in sand. And we have some different issues. Um, we've had some water main breaks issue, uh, recently in Fort Lauderdale. Um, and I was hoping you can kind of maybe shed a little bit of light or give some of your insight on some of the things that are going on and maybe some of the things that we need to do to help avoid this in the future. Well, well, uh, thanks for that. Um, so, I, you know, I think uh, we're all kind of products of what, of where we've been and what we've done. And um, I started my professional career. I spent 30 years in construction, but started off in the environmental world and worked with a lot of hydrogeologists and uh, PGs and did a lot of underground work uh, with construction and with uh, fuel systems and other things where you're dealing with a fragile, uh, fragile, uh, you know, underground. And the ability for us, for us to have a little bit of, in my case, to have a little bit of understanding of the the different aquifers and uh, what we're dealing with if we drill a hole straight down into the ground, um, and dealing with where you know a lot of these water pipes and other issues are in Fort Lauderdale, um, it has been helpful to me because you know I, I look at it. Uh, I think science is a great thing. You know, it's it's, it's mm-hmm. just it's it's a factual. Uh, it's a factual process, and you try to get to a point where you're looking at things. And I know in Fort Lauderdale they've had a uh, half dozen or so breaks in the course of, you know, unfortunately it was all pretty much during the entire holidays. Yeah. And, you know, the, the results were, were, uh, were bad. They could be, could be worse. It could be catastrophic. Um, and the conversation to your point earlier about, you know, politics invariably goes back to whether this is a, a overdevelopment issue or that type of issue. And everything I, I have seen with what's going on in Fort Lauderdale, it's not a capacity issue. Uh, doesn't I'm not taking a stand one way or the other on you know whether they should build the next product project or whatnot, but it's it's less of a capacity issue and more of an age issue. Those uh, water lines, those uh, wastewater lines, those sewer lines, um, they have. If you were to go sell that system to bond it, and there are comp- there are institutions that do those type of projects. We actually had some up in Tallahassee pre- uh, presenting to us. They need to be somewhere in a 30, 30 to 40 year uh, lifespan. Well, some of those pipes are 56 years old. Wow. Um, so they're, they're, they're worthless in the, on the open market. They need, and because of the breaks and the issues they're having, structural integrity problems, they need to be replaced. Yeah. Um, so I don't think, uh, you know, there's no other way around it. No. Yeah. I mean, because right, because I think they've been trying to put band aids on this well, thing for a long did. time. Well, they did. Right? Sa- they put saddles on them. They've put different types of, uh, you know, wrappings and whatnot. Um, they're ductile iron, so they're failing. Um, mm-hmm. They're not, uh, you know, the, some of the, the, the large one down in Rio Vista is 54 inches in diameter. Wow. So, yeah. you know, f- four foot, uh, you know, four and a half feet tall, you could stand in that pipe. So ba- basically that pipe has been failing. The, the, the real issue that I, that I see, obviously it's a, a terrible situation for, People, the, the healthcare 
such, you know, the health, health environment down there. But the, to me, the biggest issue is it came out yesterday. It was 126 million gallons of raw sewage went into our waterways. Um, That's insane. It is. You know, and I, I can re- recall, uh, grew up down here, moved here when I was three, uh, going through the canals in Wilton Manors in Fort Lauderdale and, you know, water skiing in the intracoastal. And, you know, we didn't have yeah. the big boats like we have today. But, I mean, you'd literally be in those, those same waters. And the sandbar off the Lauderdale Yacht Club, you know, that down there by Pier 66, um, that's a that's a bad situation. Yeah. I mean, we have we have to get a hold of it. Uh, we had a sim- similar issue, uh, not at the city of Pompano Beach's fault, but uh, it, an issue we had to deal with there mm-hmm. from a contractor when the 95 uh, expansion was going on. So um, we what we do need to do, and you, you bring up the governor, we need to keep uh, the state DEP uh, informed of, of any of these issues because what we don't want to do is try to hide something or uh, try to cover something up. And I'm not saying either of those have tried to do that, but the, the folks at DEP are, can be very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, are, they're all on the same side. We all want to keep our waterways clean, but uh, when we have a situation like this, we've got to be able to act quickly. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, because if you there's a couple of points I want to touch on, too, with that. Um, you know, if you look at Florida, mm-hmm. just compared to the rest of the United States, I always say that we're the last frontier of the country, which is odd because we're really, there's a lot of people here now. You know, we got roughly the same amount of population in the state of Florida right. as you do in the entire country of Australia, <clears throat> and which is mind blowing. Yeah. You've seen recently some of those posts of people overlaying the map of Australia over, you know, the United States were roughly about the same amount, yeah, space. same size, yeah. same amount of space, but you know. That little thing on the end has just as much people in it as that entire landmass yeah. does, and that's that's crazy to me. Um, but you know, we weren't really developed until recently compared to the rest of the United mm-hmm. States. I mean, what Flagler started building his railroad in the early 1900s and mm-hmm. you know, late 1800s, if that. Yeah, you know, and you know, we really couldn't build down here. They figured out a way and air conditioning. Yeah, air conditioning. <laughs> isn't there, isn't there a statue of like the guy who invented air conditioning up there in is. the Capitol building? Right? There is. I don't. I don't think his name is Carrier, but uh, <laughs> maybe. It, but it, it was. It was the inventor of uh, modern air conditioning system, and uh, until recently, a, uh, a Civil War general who has now been replaced by Mary Bethune Cookman. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Wow. So so the guy who invented air conditioning is a Floridian. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> We've contributed to, Absolutely. to the better of all mankind. Well, when you, you know, um, when you're, I don't know if you traveled north at all this, uh, this year, but um, every time I'm cold and it takes, you know, hours upon hours to warm, to really warm up, mm-hmm. I, I think back and say, well, I always get so frustrated that it's, if you, if you put a suit on or a tie or a jacket and go out into the sun, you go out into the Florida summer to get, just to get into the car, you're, you're melting. Yeah. But you realize that you cool down in, you know, 10 minutes in the car and you're all is good. So I think air conditioning is much better than heat. Yeah. I I think just a little bit. Right. Yep. Yeah, for sure. You know, before my ADD completely kicks into, I just wanted to mention, talk about, um, cold. We went, we brought the kids to this Gaylord Palms. Yeah. Over the break. Um, in Tennessee. No, no, no. We're here in Orlando. Orlando. Okay. To, to see the polar express, the ice, the ice exhibit. I was so cold inside. They get it down to nine degrees. Wow. Right. Right. Yeah. So then they give you these, I mean, we dressed for winter and then they give you these parkas to put on top of it when you got to bring gloves and everything. Cause I took the gloves off at one point to do videos and pictures right. of the kids. My hands started turning into a rock. That's a Floridian talking. Yeah, like, you have I'm to just, get the hand warmers. Oh, so, so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Anyway, 
the other thing, my to my point of what I was trying to make before, was that we're still in the early development stages of Florida as mm-hmm. far as like the structural development. Um, so everything is new. Like you don't see things from like the 1800s much around here. You don't see things, right. you know, even the early 1900s, you, you hardly see around everything here is from the fifties. So we're at that point where we need to start addressing mm-hmm. all these things because when Florida was developed 40 years ago, right. 30 years ago, I mean, the city of Coral Springs is what, 40 years old? 40, you want to, maybe 50, something like that. Yeah. 50. So, I mean, it's not very old. This was, this was the wild west when I grew up in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. They called it the city in the country, I think. Yeah. And then Johnny Carson came out and put the first yeah. shovel on the ground. But yeah. So, I mean, we're at that point where we need to start looking at things like that. You know, you know, um, you bring up a good point in that I've been asked a lot of times like, why or how did you get involved in politics? I wasn't a political uh, junkie as a kid. I mm-hmm. didn't watch. I didn't watch too much of the you know the news. Um, I surfed, I skateboarded, played music. Yep. Um, I was interested in automotive design and engineering, and and didn't really have an interest in politics. Uh, settled into Lighthouse Point after I got married, uh, my wife and I uh, in 1994, and about three or four years into it, um, kind of paid attention to what was going on in the city, like anybody else would. You know, our tax dollars going to this little, little community here. And there were um, some significant infrastructure uh, programs that needed to be implemented for replacement. So some bridge replacements, the old uh, bridges that were there were about 50 years old. The city was getting ready to turn 50 years in 2006. And I said, you know, I looked up on the city commission. I've been going to meetings and just interested more than anything else. And um, what I realized is we had some great people representing our city, but we had a, you know, a fundraiser, a former teacher, uh, you know, former uh, uh, corporate person in, in there and kind of looked around and said, well, there's nobody with any construction background. I'm not a contractor by trade, but I've uh, been in the construction industry my whole life. And, you know, I said, well, maybe I can add something to it. So specifically because of infrastructure replacement is why I got involved in politics. And, you know, it's kind of spun out of control since then. But mm-hmm. that being said, I mean, it, it's something that um, I think the average taxpayer, voter, resident, human being who lives in Broward County um, regardless, regardless of their uh, ideology or fiscal uh, concerns, will understand if it's properly positioned to them and proper properly presented to them uh, that look, we have sixty-year-old pipes, for example, if it's a city issue in Fort Lauderdale, and they need to be replaced. It's going to cost X number of dollars over twenty years or thirty mm-hmm. years, but the first two to five years, we have a crisis over here on this main sewer line and we have to replace this. So if I think like anything else, if you tell them what's going to cost and how long it's going to take to do and you stay on top of it and you have kind of an oversight uh, function where people can see where their money's going, I think that they'll understand that. But to the, to the deeper point, other than just the fiscal and the interruption of daily life, you're, you're, we're dealing with the, you know, the alternative is, is we're putting raw sewage into our waterways and we can't mm-hmm. do that. So, yeah. That's interesting. The um, where did you first? When did you first get into politics? Um, so I uh, did some uh, appointments and uh, board service in Lighthouse Point, and then I ran for mm-hmm. the city commission in two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah. Okay. Right, and so, you've been doing doing it ever since. Yeah. 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 yeah I did the uh, the city commission for six years, and then ran for the a seat in the county commission, which was uh, unlikely. Uh, unlike an unlikely uh, campaign to win, but we worked hard and uh, mm-hmm. we were able to do it. Uh, served two terms there and then ran for the state house. So um, I'm, I'm enjoying the fact that I can serve and trying to 
you know, move some um, kind of, you know, kind of uh, some of these ideas, these fixed ideas of what a person or a, or a person registered a certain way should be right. and trying to move it into, look, these are just, nothing's black and white. Right. Everything is shades of gray. And, you know, you can be a good fiscal steward of people's money and even uh, be a little cheap at times with, with other people's money and at the same time care about the environment and care about, um, you know, our, our human uh, element of, of, of our community. And uh, at, at Broward County, we had a lot of lot of that. It was very non, it was very rarely was it like uh, partisan politics, but a lot of the times it was dealing with homeless issues. It was dealing with the environment, an airport, a seaport, you know, it was pretty good training. Yeah, that's, that's great. You know, and I think that that's really the, um, the truest test of any politician is the ability to, I think, reach across the aisle and not really get blinded too much about rhetoric and, you know, say what's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. And Well, well there's no doubt I had to do that at, at Broward County because it was, it was, I was the only one on, yep. on my side of the aisle. Um, but I've taken that, that same understanding of, look, I had to do it there. Now I'm in the majority of the, in the legislature. Um, if somebody has a good idea, it's just a good idea. Um, yeah. the, one of the new school board members who, uh, lost her daughter in, uh, at, uh, Marjorie Stoneman Douglas, uh, has put up an idea for a safety public uh, safety mechanism or a a security buzzer uh, for a legislative item. And a Democrat member from Broward County has put it up and I co-sponsored it with him. There was no Mm -hmm. other Republican on there. I mean, we can't look at something like school safety as being one side or the other. It's definitely not. Kids kids aren't making that decision. That's such a delicate topic. I mean, especially in light of what happened. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's so hard to, present an argument, you know, with, you know, with a black and white, yeah. you know, scenario, just like you said, I mean, there's literally the funeral home two doors down. Mm-hmm. I mean, about half of the, the ceremonies happened there and we had to go out a different way. Like so many yeah. times, like in, in the weeks following that event, um, it really does hit home. I mean, it was, I wasn't in the legislature that year. I was still on the County commission, but what, what I did, what I was proud of people on all sides of uh, the political aisle in Tallahassee was the fact that we worked together, leadership worked together to get uh, something comprehensive done. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly have, uh, you know, two ears when it comes to my, my folks I represent in Broward County, regardless of politics. And there was a school safety bill last year, for example, um, <clears throat> that would enable you know teachers to be uh, uh, trained to be guardians, and ultimately. Um, I just I kind of looked at it and I said, well, listen, I know that Broward County is going to opt out of this, but that's not really enough. It, it, I understand there are other parts of the state where this was a necessity, but um, I, you know, I, I feel if we're going to properly invest, just like our environment, if we're going to properly invest in keeping our kids safe, they need to be police officers. Yeah, no, so, I agree. I agree, and I know um, you know, banning or arming the teachers, you know, is in my mind. You don't have to speak about it. In my mind, that's a knee jerk decision. Um, you know, and I don't think that that's no decision should be made in a knee jerk fashion in that scenario. Well, it, you know, it goes, it goes back to your, um, last, you know, the final frontier and, and many, and my point of many different Floridas. Yeah. Broward County is certainly different than Baker County and, and Pasco no County. So, um, you know, some, some of these, these type of issues shouldn't be made at the state level, mm-hmm. you know, uh, where we live and, and, you know, the culture of where we live is very different in some places. So, um, well, I'm, uh, per, a person that believes in home rule, some things need to be de- dealt with at the state level for the entire right. state, but we should still have uh, local control over sure. a lot of these issues at home. 
And that speaks to the importance of local governments. That speaks to the importance of the electoral college. Mm -hmm. It speaks to the importance of a lot of things like that. When certain decisions need to be made based upon, you know, what the land and what the people are in that region for sure. Yeah. Certainly. Now local, look, there's a, there is a very, very important role for local government. And one of my, one of the things that I've had a little bit of fun with, with some of the other state house members, cause they go up there and, you know, some go up there and they want to basically get rid of local government. Mm-hmm. You know, so what happened after that hurricane, when all the trees and, you know, all the, all the uh, debris was all over the roads, you couldn't get anywhere. Did the state government come in and clean it out for you or the federal government? They didn't. It's it's local government and mm-hmm. having contracts with uh, debris cleanup and you know get your waste out of there and things like that. So um, it's it's a good time to let folks know understand that there are different levels of uh, government that should take care of different things. Yeah, and the scenarios like you just presented out, presented just really speaks to you know small business as well. Mm-hmm. Small business benefits from that as well, which is yep. the cornerstone I think of the middle class. So. Um, one important thing you talk about doing special things. Um, one important thing that I know that you just accomplished recently um, is with the coastal. What's the title of the, of the uh, coastal management? The coastal yeah. management. Um, the bill, yeah. So the that bill that you guys just passed. I mean, can you kind of elaborate on that and what that means for everybody? Yeah. So um, we're, you know, we're proud of the fact that you did, got that done, and that's so really great. I, I appreciate that. So that was you know it was it was one of those years uh, last year where the governor did such a good job, like he was a typical year might have two, 200 and change or so million dollars in it for the, for the, uh, for the environment. And mm-hmm. last year, governor DeSantis had a re- uh, request of like 625 million. We ended up uh, putting $686.5 million in environmental issues. And most of it was water protection, water, uh, clean up, uh, clean water issues, but doing some of the, uh, projects that would put um, uh, deal with the water issues north of the lake, mm-hmm. um, and fifty million of that was uh, for for beach restoration. And uh, I spent eight years on the county commission. And to your point about like the political world, I said, well, what's something I can do that no one's going to vote against? Mm-hmm. No one's you know you call it reaching over the aisle, but who's going to vote against beaches? Even if you live in Weston or, or Parkland or Coral Springs, right? Um, we realize that a lot of our economic uh, revenues come through tourists, come to our beach, and and it's also a quality of life issue. But what I realized, especially after um, Superstorm Sandy, and we didn't see it here in South Florida, but a month after the storm, there were still weather effects from that storm that wiped out a half mile of Fort Lauderdale Beach, and A1A was undermined, and mm-hmm. uh, was, people couldn't actually drive to their houses because the, the road was uh, was closed. And I remember that. Yeah. The dunes over the AOA. Yeah. So yeah. prior to that, no one wanted dunes uh, in the Finger Streets there, like uh, between 14th and 18th Street. And right. We were good friends of mine, but nobody wanted to lose their view of the Atlantic Ocean. Mm-hmm. And after that, uh, we've got these beautiful dunes that also give them something to look at and also protect their upland property. So anyway, the, the guts of the bill were something that uh, my predecessor in this seat, uh, Representative Moritis, had been working on getting funding. Uh, so he and I worked together, county and state, to get funding for beach projects. And the way it works is there is a um, there's a list, a priority list that goes through the state. So if you if you have erosion or, or scarping or issues at your beach or dunes that need to be replaced or hot spots from Pensacola all the way around the coast, all the way up to Nassau County, um, there's a statewide program. And it, it, depending on where it is in the list, um, it would get funded this year, next year, five years out. Um, permitting is also an issue, so we'll, we'll work, continue to work on that. But the funding issue was we needed to basically have 
with 125 to 150 million in projects over the course of three years, we'd need to have uh, $50 million was our mark per year to clear out a third of those projects. So every three years, that list would get cleared out. Um, but what what was really important, not just the funding piece, but making sure that people understood what the economic impact of their beach was to their community. Mm-hmm. So there's an environmental issue and there's also an economic issue. And what this bill did was it did not pit St. Pete Beach against Fort Lauderdale Beach, but it said, what is Fort Lauderdale Beach bring in an, uh, an economic value to the Fort Lauderdale community or greater Fort Lauderdale community. And so that component would raise or lower the priority. All the rest is science with FDEP saying, oh, wow. all right, well, their permits yeah. are in place. And so if Fort Lauderdale, Pompano and Lauderdale by the sea, where we did, which is called segment two between Hillsborough Inlet and Port Everglades mm-hmm. was three segments in Broward. And what that meant to our community raised that level of that project up as well as like the sand bypass from north to south of Port Everglades. Um, so that bill got passed. The governor signed it. And um, so ult- ultimately, with the funds in that, ac- in that account every year, it's recurring, um, we'll be able to clear these beach projects and hopefully protect uh, upland uh, property, people's houses, mm-hmm. the environmental aspect of it. And quite honestly, we'd like to have pristine beaches in Florida. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That's phenomenal. So it's cold. And, it's cold up north right now. Come down and sit in yeah. Jory beaches. Yeah, that's great. Good work. I mean, that's got to be exciting. Putting a bill like that through and getting a pass and, you know, and getting it all done and doing the work and, you know, it, and having it. like We had a good infrastructure. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so what, what had happened prior to this and why it was so helpful is we had a um, kind of a court consortium of county commissioners that we put together again, from Pensacola all the way around to, to the Georgia border of seven different districts. And we got a county commissioner from each one, and we, we stormed the, the hill in, uh, in Tallahassee mm-hmm. for years as a county commissioner. So once I got in the seat where I was receiving these requests, those folks were our, our advocates. So when we went to committees, asked, every bill has to go through two or three committees. Um, typically for policy or process and then for uh, appropriation. And both in committees and on the floor of the Florida House, we didn't receive one no vote. So it's really? an issue that people understood we need to take care of our beaches, whether you're a fiscal conservative or a social, whatever, wherever you right. are on the yep. issues. No, you know? I hear you. <laughs> um, they just, it, it, it didn't, it was, it was not one of those issues. And it was no debate. Now, wasn't this, wasn't this though, this had to be presented though in the right way though. Wasn't, mm-hmm. this is something that we've been trying to do for a long time though, isn't it? It like, is. And, but you're able to get it done. Um, which is you know, great. I, th- I, I, I think, um, you know, the, 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 uh, the salt as opposed to the pepper in the hair, yeah. uh, bring, brings a little bit of a, you know, the experience brings a little bit of, uh, uh, the ability to sit down with some, uh, if there was an opponent, but there was typically times you'd have to have a conversation of why, why something mm-hmm. was so important. Um, and they would say, well, you know, this is, this is to do your beach. I'm like, no, ours is done. Right. This is so you can do your beach or your mm-hmm. neighbors or Pensacola or, you know, Jacksonville. So it, it, it's an issue that was, it's ultimately an important issue for the, for the economic impact of Florida, as well as the environment and our quality of life. I think it's so, you know, that was, but one, we had a, we had a hazing bill that was successful last year. Mm-hmm. Um, we had some other uh, good bills, but uh, you know, we've got some coming up this year. They're going to be exciting. Yeah. Any you can share or elaborate? Nothing. You yeah. Can talk about yeah. Yet. So everything's uh, filed. Um, we've got a few of the exciting ones. We've got, believe it or not, there are places in the state of Florida where um, homeowners associations will not allow someone to bring their marked police car home. 
So, cool. yeah. So really? we're working with a, uh, a member of the Florida Senate um, from Pinellas County. Um, every bill has to have a House and a Senate sponsor. I can't stand so, association. So, so you know, I, well, I live in a, you know, Lighthouse Point. We aren't. We don't have a homeowner association. We have a city government, and that's yeah. pretty much it. You know, but um, there are some uh, association issues that you know that are. That, that don't make sense, and this was one of them. So that should be a, a fairly well ex, uh, received bill, and should get uh, get passed without any uh, real issues. We've got um, a bill that would would require um, when you come out and have uh, work done after a storm or da- any type of damage, uh, when an insurance uh, claim is made, a lot of times the insurance check will sit in a bank or a mortgage uh, mortgage holder's account for a period of time, and as you draw that down and uh, get the work done at the end of that. If say the number was a hundred thousand dollars in damage and all that was paid out and it took a year, the interest that that money accrued while it was in there right now is not specifically required to go back to you, the insurance policy holder and the homeowner, the banks can keep it. <coughs> they don't necessarily, You're but kidding yeah, me. now, so it, uh, federal, federal guidelines say that they're supposed to return it. So what so are they do that rather than cutting a check so they can, that's probably the reason that they we're put all going to say it's just place, it's right? pennies, right? But pennies yeah. add up, and when you have you know a hundred thousand homes damaged in Hurricane Michael, or you know hundreds of thousands in Hurricane Irma, um, you know we just want at the end of the day the the folks that should have that money are the people yeah. who are paying the insurance premium. So there's there's that bill, and then we have um, we've got a um, a bill that gets back to my environmental concerns and it, it would allow uh, counties, so 67 counties in the state, about relatively half of those or, two, or 60% of them are on coasts mm-hmm. and would allow counties to uh, have say whether you can smoke or not smoke on the beach. Because right now it's preempted by the state, uh, mm-hmm. the local governments and even parks can't say no smoking on the beach. Have you ever done a, uh, a beach cleanup for the most part, 90% of what you pick up uh, is cigarette, cigarette butts. Cigarette yeah. butts. Mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Yeah. A few, yep. few plastic bottles. I think we're getting a little smarter about that. People think, yeah, people think that it's just a, it's a giant ashtray. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, well, there's that. And, uh, and, uh, working on that with uh, a member from the Sarasota area from the Senate. And then, uh, probably the most exciting bill we're working on this year is to, uh, uh, expose student athletes to the free market. Uh, it's called okay. the Student Athlete Achievement Act. Um, it is to allow student athletes the same rights and privileges in the free market that an engineering student on scholarship or a finance mm-hmm. student on scholarship would have, and it would allow them to uh, take advantage of uh, the, the ability to use their name, image, and likeness right. as a student athlete, uh, just like they would be if they were a uh, student on full scholarship I in engineering that. and they create an, an app or a program. Yeah. I love that. That's going to do great things for recruiting in the state of Florida. Too. Uh, well, so, so, so I'll tell you what, um, California passed a bill and, and they made it uh, effective 2023. Yeah. Um, Can we make ours effective 2022? Or, no, we're making this, our, ours would be effective July of 2020. Yeah. Seminoles so need a right now. Yeah, they need <laughs> so to the hurricanes. So, you know, what was, what was interesting is uh, as we're going through this and, and we want to make sure that um, we've met with all, all the Florida state uh AD, so UF, FAU, FSU, Miami, right. um, UCF, USF. Um, How do they feel about all that? You know, nobody's going to come out and have, you know, pom-poms and say we're all for it, but um, most after they realize we're not trying to have – so there's zero connection between the school and the athlete to pay them to play. 
yeah. there's zero connection between uh, the school and having a contract that would require um, any type of payment. We don't want to get into Title IX uh, and, and jeopardize right. things, uh, whether it's women's sports or sports that um, are, are not the you know top tier sports. Because a lot of sports you don't even have a uh, a scholar, you know, zero scholarship to a partial. Right. Um, but what we did see was a kind of an injustice. There's a UCF kicker who is not a UCF anymore. He went, uh, he, he left because of a this rule that basically he was making YouTube videos. But he's got, uh, he's he was getting three, his original three point yeah. one million hits on this. And think about how to kick a football sixty four yards. Wow. Right. Um, I know a couple of NFL teams could use him right now. <laughs> yeah. But um, there was also a a, a soccer uh, star at, at Florida State who won a national championship, Dana Castellanos. Mm-hmm. She has one point three million Instagram followers, and she couldn't she couldn't be an ambassador or uh, influencer for you yeah, know, sell crazy. that can of Coke or a camera or you know could be non sports related. Um, but so she's thankfully for her, she's now playing and uh, she graduated in December. She's now signed with the French national women's soccer team and. Um, you know, she'll do great things, but with the four years she was in school, she could have taken advantage of, of, of all that exposure. Yeah, no, so. it's, I, I agree with all the things that you're saying. I mean, it's, you know, as much as what people want to say that, oh, you're getting paid with the education. It's like, well, you, you kind of are, but right. you know, is that really balancing out? You know, because well, are, are you your really, point, are you really, so few of them get, like, I think it's 60% get a full scholarship. Yeah. 60% so. of them get only get and like, are you really going to class the way the other students mm-hmm. are going to class? I mean, or is the school really just using you and just saying, yeah, yeah, we're going to give you your degree or pass you through this? Because a lot of that happens. I mean, if we're what, what's the term? The, well, the, it, the, they're not teachers, they're adjuncts, I guess. Is, yeah. is that the term? They're getting the, the adjuncts and they're just going, okay, you showed up, you're in. Okay, you got an And a. what's the degree in? I mean, can they get – my biggest thing in life is whether you're in the trades or you're a skilled uh, – certified, you know, program of something, or you have a four-year degree, or you're a doctor or lawyer, what's your val- What's the value of that education? I mean, yeah. if you're, if you're a um, journeyman electrician, and now you're, you know, you're become a master electrician, you probably make more money than the uh, doctor or the lawyer. Yeah. But, you know, what's the value of whatever it is you're going to school for? If you, if they pass you through with an exercise science degree, and you don't want to be a personal trainer, mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's the value of that of that degree. So um, we want to make sure that they have the opportunity to do something while they're in school. At the same time, this could actually keep some uh, students in school. You know, you might get these three and out uh, one more year. You, right. can, you can get your business degree, right. but you know, the NFL is saying, Hey, come now. Well, I'm going to stay one more year, but yeah. I'm going to also make uh, you know, a certain amount of money based on uh, you know, my sponsorship of, you know, whatever it might be. And, and then we've also looked into, to make it fair for the universities and not say, well, you can't get sponsored by Adidas if, you know, if you're FSU football player and you're a Nike school. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're trying to be cognizant of what, what, what makes them successful, but that's uh, good. So if you're an old fan, you can just go to the FAU games now and watch uh, yeah. Willie Taggart do this thing. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Poor Willie. When do they put all that money, oh that, the, all that money that Oregon and Florida state and all the other teams that he's left, put that in a box and you know, see right over the state. I don't even know why he took another job. I'd go on vacation if I were him. I mean, so <laughs> I, ha- I happen to know Seriously. as a, as a, as a, an FAU alum, I happen to know that it was not the most lucrative contract, but the contract does come with a, a membership to the Boca Raton resort and club. So that's not bad. Oh, really? right? I mean, oh, it beats that's, Tallahassee. That's lovely. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of uh, nice. Kiffin, Kiffin had a really good deal, but you know, he'd rather be in. That upset, me. That upset me when he left. Did you see the tweet this. when he, when he was leaving? No. What did he say? It, I think it said going home, hotty toddy, 
Hashtag Heidi Toddy and had the uh, Ole Miss jet tail with FAU Stadium in the background. No. Yeah, that's kind of like, hey, appreciate everything, but not really. Yeah, to me, he he was very significant in, in, in uh, building a, a great program here. Yeah, um, he was. Went to bowl games. They were successful. So was Schnellenberger. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, to, to lead, I think, uh, what do they say? You know, it's, it's – uh, how you perform when you lose uh, is more indicative than how you perform uh, when you if you win mm-hmm. something. I think I think how you leave a good situation is just as important as as, as the day that they they sign you. So yeah, um, I agree. Anyway, I agree. I'm I kind of used was, to that with Saban when he left the Dolphins. Yeah. Oh, guess another. Oh my God, that's another one. You know, if I look at the Drew Brees situation mm-hmm. with Saban, and I really think that's why he left. At the end of the day, I mean, people say that he left because of his wife's influence and she wanted to move back to Alabama and all that. But I really think that if Heisinga would have let him Get choose his quarterback, because he chose Breeze, and then medical Danny Cannell's dad, they said, no, we think Culpepper is the better. He's healthier. It's a more sure bet. That and then Heisinga was like, I want the healthy guy. You know what I mean? And Saban's like, no, no, Breeze is my quarterback. Long story, we, know, we all yeah. know how it happened it fell out right and bless, i think that God if, bless wayne but you know you yeah. look at drew Brees. he paid he's played 18 years right yeah and i think that if they would have let saban make his own decisions it's probably one of the reasons why he decided to go back to alabama because he gets to make all the calls yeah but his and helicopter think, keeps landing at florida at uh gibbons and, yeah. and at uh, st thomas and he's, he's shopping for his groceries down yep. here yep. yeah yeah so I, I i don't know i think it would have been a really different tale for mm-hmm. the dolphins because i think saban is an amazing coach you know and you know, personally, you know, uh, if you're winning, you know yeah. what I mean? I'm not going to go out to dinner with the guy. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> he could be however he wants, but, you know, I, I want the Dolphins to win. So My understanding is he can't look at anything with a tiger in the logo anymore, though. Yeah. He lost two or three games <laughs> yeah. of Tigers, and yeah, tiger he versus, won't even eat Frosted Flakes anymore. Yeah. <laughs> tigers versus Tigers in the bowl. Come yeah. Out. Yeah. The, um, yeah, that's that's really interesting about the college thing. I mean, I'm kind of all for that. I think, you know, they, they at least got to be able to have a job. You well, yeah, Barnes and Noble. Well, so one of the other things we looked at is, all right, who's most affected by going to school, playing a sport, and then and then not having a future in that sport? Are are uh, sports that don't have a professional league, women's yeah. softball, um, rowing, mm-hmm. lacrosse. I mean, there are, there are a lot of uh, sports, especially women's sports, that don't have a professional league. So you can't really say, well, you know, you got your education, and now you're going to go play professionally. Yeah, you know the football, basketball, baseball, even hockey. You know we understand that. Um, I want to switch gears back to the environment for a second, if I could. Yeah, because, no, by all means. Um, Sorry, I get, no, it's all right. You, you bring it's up, you bring up football no, and college sports to me, like John and I. I see I start, the, our ears perk up. I see the the, the, the Panthers bobblehead. Yeah, yeah, we're so big my, fans. My legislative aide is a uh, beer league hockey champion. He's oh yeah, a, he's a he's a goaltender uh, out at the ice den and um, he's a little injured right now. So yeah, um, that way I get to keep him in Tallahassee. Um, so what's, what's, uh, what's interesting is outside of you get six bill slots uh-huh. and, but there's an infinite uh, number of requests you can make for appropriations and something that goes back to before I got there. Um, that's, that's been kind of bothering me that I've been trying to work on and we didn't get it done last year. We're trying to do it this year is believe it or not in, in coastal Broward County and Lauder by the sea, when the city's annexed kind of unincorporated Broward County, I want to say go back to 2000-ish. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an area called the Palm Club in Lauder by the Sea, and it's a 55 and up community, and it's just uh, north of Sea Ranch. And basically, little homes, retire, retirees, 
uh, for the most part, on a fixed income. There are 99 septic tanks still there, and they're leaking into the, the groundwater. They're leaking into the intracoastal. Really? Um, so one of the governor's, uh, you brought up the governor's uh, push to the environment. One of his um, uh, priorities is getting rid of these septic tanks. Now, there are places around the state where the entire community is is you know built on a septic system. Where we are in fragile coastal Broward, with the with the environmental uh, concerns that we're going to have, that we do have, um, are for the most part up in my district anyway. That this is the last place, and the town of Lauder by the Sea has been so fiscally responsible and replaced all of those tanks in south part of the of the town and other places that we're trying to basically uh, help them with this. And it's basically, um, I'll, I'll say this. I won't make an ask of the of the taxpayers of Florida or the legislature if somebody doesn't come in with at least a fifty percent match, okay, a significant match. So, Lauder by the Sea has put together fifty um, percent match, and mm-hmm. in this project, which is interesting, uh, they have their funds set aside. When I was at the county, I worked out uh, with the county was was uh, willing to work out an arrangement with the city of Pompano Beach, where ironically, my replacement Lamar Fisher was mayor at the time. We said, look. If we get them, if we get the septic tanks out, they're going to have to go on uh, uh, water, water wastewater. So right now their water is coming from, uh, I believe Fort Lauderdale, but their but their their sewer would go to Pompano, mm-hmm. and Pompano was able to put some dollars in. The county put some dollars in to, to help with this project. So it's more than uh, it's about sixty percent uh, funded on the local government side. So that's one of the things I would I'd like to come home with and say, look, we got the remaining uh, balance of this from the state from DEP. We're going to get these things out of here and connect you to uh, municipal sewer. That's great. Yeah. So that was yeah. one of those things that just kind of bothers me seeing our, you know, our coastline there. And there's yeah, especially in things. a community like that. I mean, there might be some people on fixed incomes, you yep. know, that, you know, really. So people have been in there, uh, that, that community since it was built. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds like good work too, yeah. for sure. Um, you know, I, I know Trump recently signed like was two Fridays ago, a big bill. Um, yeah, to, to <laughs> seems like every time he signs something that's very, very important and, and helpful to the to everybody in the United States. Yeah, it's uh, he either does it himself or somebody else does it. Basically, overrides it with some other other news. Right. Um, I guess that speaks to the attention that Florida has been getting lately, mm-hmm. um, and how important um, even the aspect of social media has been for our recent woes up in Lake O and Port St. Lucie river and, um, you know, the Indian river hammock and mm-hmm. all that. Um, cause they, obviously it's a very important issue, right. which I don't think would have been responded to as well. Hadn't it not been for social media, because that could have been just a thing where we talk about local areas mm-hmm. could have been only known really on the local level in central Florida and Stewart and Port St. Right. Lucie areas and things like that. Um, but I think the fact that that was on social media so much mm-hmm. got it the attention that it deserved, really, um, and made a lot of headway. But we're still dealing with some issues down here in the Everglades. Of course. Um, can you maybe open up a little bit about some of the things that are ongoing things about what are happening down here? Maybe some watershed issues and you know some things like that. Yeah, you know, I, I think. Um I think if I if I think back as a as a young person growing up here, um, you know, out to the Everglades once in a while on an airboat ride when relatives came in from up north, um, we could smell the Everglades burning with if there was anything going on. 
uh, on the east side. But outside of that, it wasn't something on a, on a daily basis we really thought about. And, you know, as I was paying attention more and getting getting a little older, um, I do recall that it seemed kind of the turning point, and I want to say it was probably under the Clinton administration. During that time, you had uh, Congressman Clay Shaw, mm-hmm. and um, at the time, I think it was probably Senator Bob Graham. You know, really kind of say, all right, well, this is, to our point earlier, this is the Sea Everglades. It's not partisan. It's not political. We need to... Uh, we need to figure out how to get this done, and that's kind of where the, the the restoration that at that point the restoration really started to take hold, and we're going back, you know, twenty five, twenty eight years ago. Um, I think everybody kind of agrees how it has to happen. We've got to restore water flow properly. Um, in the professional world, I actually put some big tank and generators in for some of these pumps because when uh, the Everglades was drastically changed at the turn of the century or uh, early early part of that. Um, it was actually, ironically, Governor uh, Napoleon Bonaparte Broward, <laughs> where we get our where we get our name from. Uh, we're supposed to be Everglades County, um, but we're we're Broward County, and uh, and basically we were, we took a lot of the water out of the Everglades to expand west. Uh, not quite where we are right now, but you know if you go out to Weston and, mm-hmm. and parts there, um, that was those were wetlands, and that was part of the Everglades. So um, we need to restore the the water flow down through Tamiami, and obviously that big project is is finally being lifted, so we can move the water there. Um, there are other issues, obviously north of the lake from the, the Shingo Creek and Kissimmee, mm-hmm. that uh, are providing you know too much water and nu- nutrients and other things in it. Um, but what we're learning is, you know, just like anything else, there's always uh, we always try to point the finger. We always try to find someone to blame. Right. And for for the longest time, um, it was easy to blame, you know, one specific uh, part of the agricultural community. Um, and what we're finding with, you know, University of Florida, Florida Atlantic University, and other university uh, environmental science. Uh, programs that have been studying this is a, a good part of this. It is over, it is some, I would say overdevelopment, but it, it's, it's, it's the effects of some of the development up around the central Florida area. Um, it's the effects of a lot of uh, nutrients from septic tanks, uh, mm-hmm. sanitary sewer, things like that, um, or not being on sanitary sewer um, up north of us. And it's also, you know, not dealing with our, with our uh, water flow the way it needs to be. Um, the, the vast majority of that $686 million that the governor had in, in his environmental budget um, is to deal with water quality issues around the, around the Everglades. Um, you know, the one thing I would challenge folks to, to understand about um, kind of the big picture when they, they yell and scream at the TV about, you know, whether they like or don't like the president, um, understand one thing. Um, regardless of how you feel about the person, what he says on social media and all that good stuff, um, realize that we have a governor that um, can literally pick up the phone and say, hey, you know, Hurricane Michael still still hurting our community. We need uh, we need some funding for the timber industry. You know, they were wiped out. Uh, we need some some dollars for the education uh program, you know, the schools there that are, that are, that disappeared. Um, and the Everglades, another one of those things we need, we need you to continue to, to put federal dollars in the Everglades. And he has his ear. Mm-hmm. Now I can, can say to folks is that, you know, I, I used to make the, uh, you know, kind of the, the comparison, look, if we have a, if we have a person running our, our school system who, who uh, had a personal relationship with the previous president, then we should maximize that. It doesn't matter who that Mm-hmm. Who that who that president is, whether you like them or not, if they can bring attention to us. I mean, I, I look at some of the, the issues that are going on in our country, like homelessness out in California. 
right. you know, just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean you, you can't uh, sit down um, calmly and have a conversation about trying to fix some of these problems. But I think the, the environment, the Everglades and having um, an understanding and a relationship with, with the governor um, and him, him understanding from day one when he came in and uh, decided he was going to uh, be on the side of the environment um, was a good thing. Yeah, no, I, I agree a thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at a weird spot right now as a state um, to where, you know, these things need to be addressed ASAP yeah. uh, because, you know, we're almost at a tipping point mm-hmm. with the amount of people we have coming in. And I guess, well, you, you okay. being a construction guy, uh, let me cut you off, please. No, we're 21 million and, and growing. Yeah, 21 million. Same, same amount of people in Aust- all of Australia. Um, I think they have 24 million in Australia. Um, there's, isn't there like a construction moratorium happening in the Keys? Like, uh, there, there was, yeah, there was, I, I'm not sure happening? where it is, but I know that there were some issues there. Look like they lost a lot of their, uh, of their infrastructure and a lot of their, um, service industry, you know, has to get in a, a car and drive two and a half, three hours to get to work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so, I mean, the storms have changed a lot of that culture, but what I think what they want to make sure that they're doing is they're not going to go back with inferior product, you know, clearly not mobile homes, but uh, mm-hmm. inferior products that aren't going to withstand a storm and that are, aren't also uh, efficient in the right manner. Yeah, no, for sure. But I heard that they were going to um, stop construction altogether in the Keys. Is that true? I'm not aware. Not aware. Okay. Yeah, not All right. So, because I've had some people on this show that, that say, oh, we need to put a no vacancy sign on the state of Florida. With oh too God. many people. It's, and I'm, you like, know, I'm like, it's so, mm-hmm. all right. Whether you feel that way or not, it's just so unrealistic. If anybody's traveled that. the entire state, you know, one, the one thing I've heard from uh, friends of mine that have run state, uh, statewide, for example, whether uh, a statewide uh, legislative seat in the cabinet or for the U.S. Senate, um, there are so many different cultures around this state. There are so many different places around this state that you literally, um, you know, You'd say names of places to people if they've never been there. So there's, there are, you know, if we're feeling congested and we're feeling uh, impacted here in, in South Florida, Miami, and Fort Lauderdale, um, you know, those those may be valid points. You know, I live east, and there's just no other place to build unless you knock right. existing building down. But there are places in the state of Florida, if you if we, we do the Tallahassee drive for six and a half hours, that, you know, there's still land all on the highway yeah. to... I-10's to get, a long road. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I-10 and, and 75 and the turnpike. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. um, but there are, you know, I, I, I don't think we ever say, you know, no vacancy, we're closed for business. Um, what we should do is try to elevate the... the um, the types of opportunities that we, we put out there in the, mm-hmm. in the, in the, in the market. And we're seeing, you know, uh, Kerkorian and other, these other like, you know, major financial businesses going from New York city to Miami or, yeah. or somewhere in, in South Florida. And we've got, you know, we have a tech industry down here that folks, a lot of folks don't know. Um, I mean, Citrix, Citrix was started right here in Coral Springs out of a garage. Mm-hmm. Um, IBM's up the road, Motorola. Now we've got Magic Leap. We've got uh, Ultimate Software. We've got a lot of these companies that um, have grown here, whether in the financial or, or, or uh, industries or, or technical uh, IT uh, technology. And, you know, the idea that we would say you're not welcome here. I mean, we're pretty much getting a gimme. We're getting a, a, a gimme from the mayor of the city of New York and the governor of the state of New York by the taxing, you know, the taxing structure they have and New Jersey and yeah. places like that. Um, you know, one of the things that, that we accomplished in the, the governor's tax cut last year wasn't 
just the back to school or hurricane preparedness, things like that. But was a dis was it was a, a break in the tax on commercial leases, mm-hmm. which you're going to pay here in this. You know, I'm sure you pay a part of it every month in this this studio. It's the one complaint we have from businesses saying, "Why am I being taxed on a lease if I'm already, if I'm already paying, you know, other components of that to run my business?" So um, that's something we keep trying to bring down. Um, it, as long as we're doing that and we're providing a clean uh, environment and the quality of life is great here and people can do things like be on the water, which you can't do, you know, right. six, 60% of the year in in, uh, say in New York or somewhere we, even if, even if boating is your thing, um, if we do that and we keep the economic, uh, engine running, you know, I think people are going to continue to move down here. And, you know, those who say we're closed for business, that's they forget a lot of people are, you know, come down here to retire. They live out their golden years. Now they're not here anymore. Right. So, that's what I was saying. Why is I think it's, I mean, it, I can understand how people can say no vacancy. Mm-hmm. I get it. Right. Yeah. You know, cause we are almost kind of max capacity and thing, but it's really un- unrealistic to say it. We had Rufus Wakeman on the show recently. I don't know if you know Rufus, but um, in the fishing world, he's kind of like a fly fishing legend. Okay. Um, whatever seventh generation Floridian kind of thing, you know, heir to the John Deere estate, really cool guy. Um, and he basically was saying, you know, we're humans. We do this. You know what I mean? It's, you know, we're growing, we're going to expand. It's always going to happen. You know what I mean? If we're not careful, we're going to run ourselves out of a planet, but you know, you just got to kind of do your best, you know, to like, I'm not an overly environmental person. I'm not like a Mr. Environmentalist and to, but I do believe in being responsible. No, you know what I mean? That's our, it's our planet. Um, Yeah. You know, we treat it right. It was funny. I watched the, the, uh, Gets my better judgment, but my mom kept texting me saying, are you watching the Golden Globes? Finally, I was like, I better turn it on in case she oh wants to God, talk that about was it hilarious. Oh, so that was hilarious. So everything about the fire, it was, I don't know who she was, but it was one act, one actress that uh, uh, that she brought up the fire, the volu- you know, think about the volunteer mm-hmm. firefighters. That was the only one that I could think of that was made sense because everything was about a climate disaster, a climate disaster. Right. And I, I'm not going to immediately say that's what it is, but then yesterday we hear on the news that, you know, a lot of this has been started by arson. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so I, you know, if we want to do something, uh, you know, I, I always say that if you use the, do something yourself and make sure that people see you doing it, you know, make sure that you can be leading by example at the same time. If you have the ability to change something, then, then change it. Don't just go yell and scream about it. Yeah. You know, and you know, I'm glad you brought up the word change. Cause I was just actually thinking about that recently where so many people run on that word. Yeah. Blindly. Yep. It's like, well, what does that mean? Change, change what? Change everything, you know? Because I think you know, in a lot of ways, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, I mean, so so change what? Change just just what's not working. Yeah, just you know, instead of running on change, you know, Mm -hmm. change for prosperity. Change for what? Mm -hmm. Change you put end that sentence. Don't just say change, you know, because you you just want to change just to change. We're going to change ourselves out of a constitution. That's true. You know, that's the part that like it's a weird word. This is true. But people always look at this inspirational word. But yeah, I don't uh, know. it it, it um, you know what you uh, you wonder. So there's 120 members of the Florida House, each has six bill slots. Yeah, so that means right off the bat, you know that that's the number of bills you're going to have. Um, and if you think about uh, the Senate has infinite number of bills, um, I'm not saying don't file them, but uh, let everything doesn't have to be a you know. A, uh, a big change on something. It feels like I've only been there one year, but watching it for, you know, a decade 
or longer. It feel you feel like both sides have to file their uh, obligatory abortion and gun bills. Right. Um, we want guns on campus. We want guns in the grocery store. Guns in church. And then the other side wants, you know, no to all those. And then it's you know the the, the other social issues. And you think about the things that we can really, to your point, change. You know, if we can all get on board to change something that makes sense for everybody, mm-hmm. um, instead of trying to find out, find the one little nugget in there that you don't like to be against it. If we can get on things like just like the beach bill, I mean, right. nope, just didn't didn't have anybody against it because who who would be against that? You know? Right, exactly. Or you can talk about the Lauderdale by the sea thing with the yeah. septic tanks. That's, that's just change. Yeah, that's, you that, know what I mean. It's a good change. Yeah, it's a good change. Yeah. You know what I mean. But you don't necessarily have to. Change the way everybody thinks on that side of the aisle. That's that's. Well, I think, I think sometimes I, you know. Means. I think uh, whoever's out of power, and that it, it's a cycle, right? Yeah. Washington's kind of half half on one side, half on the other. But whoever's out has to figure out a way to get back in. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of saying, "Listen, I want to go there," we, you know, I don't always agree with them. But there was a representative from the uh, Gainesville area, Ted Yoho. He said, "I'm going to do was it eight years?" And he actually did the. Eight. He thought about doing a little more, and then he said, "No, it was a promise I made, and yeah. I'm out." Um, so. It, it 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 is interesting that you know people want to go someplace to make a, a difference and and you know, as you say quote unquote change something, um, and then sometimes they just figure out how to how to keep getting reelected. Have you found it to be what you expected it to be? You, you know what is uh, that is that an no, unfair it's, question? No, it's a very fair or? question. I've I've been so you know part part of uh, a, a little bit of the mechanics are is I loved being on the county commission. I loved the work that we were able to do there. Um, I loved working with my, you know, eight cities and towns and villages, whether it was Sea Ranch Lakes or Fort mm-hmm. Lauderdale, all sizes, different issues, uh, working with the mayors and commissioners and council members and all that good stuff. Um, and to the point where, you know, as a, again, we, we run on the county commission as, as uh, with a party affiliation. So even being the guy on the other side and, and kind of dealing with that when it came to whether it was redistricting or whether or not they were going to let me be the, you know, symbolic mayor of Broward County, mm-hmm. which didn't never happen. Um, but you know, what, whether it was that, that it was a great job. I mean, it, um, people don't, I, you know, do my other professional life outside of that, but it paid very well. I would say that a lot of people leave the legislature, come back and run for a County commission seat wherever mm-hmm. they live in Florida. Um, that being said, it is everything I thought it was going to be and more because, Although it's a hard place to get to, as we said, um, and it's inconvenient at times, and you're on the floor of the house at two o'clock in the morning, arguing about immigration issues mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, um, it is it it is uh, so refreshing to be part of a, a you know a strong majority, a team that has um, a, a real good uh, a real good understanding of where they want to go, and not just make a point or to be uh, ideologues on something. But to really work on issues and, and Governor DeSantis has kind of, be, has kind of been a, a change maker on this part of it because typically there is a little – even if, if everybody up there was a Republican, for example, you're still going to have disputes or pushes between the House and the Senate. Mm-hmm. And then ultimately the governor uh, or past governor, Governor Scott, sometimes didn't always see eye to eye with the legislature. So all those things have to be working together, and I think the fact that um, – Governor DeSantis came out on the environment like first. Bam. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, people people sometimes said things about uh, Governor Scott because he was laser focused on jobs. Well, we were at the, the largest recession since the Great Depression. We needed that. Right. Um, and 
there are other people who would say, well, he, he could walk and chew gum at the same time. And this governor right off the top understood that the economy was moving forward. He was, wasn't going to do anything to impede that and wanted to probably try to help it additionally, but understood that if we don't have uh, clean water, uh, a good environment here in, in Florida, and one of the things that I'm a big supporter of that um, not all my folks in leadership are is, uh, is our tourism industry visit Florida. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we need to continue um, people in Minnesota don't know if there's a if there's a small issue of red tide in in Sarasota, they don't know where Sarasota is as as opposed to Fort Lauderdale or Pompano Beach. You know, they right. think the whole state of Florida is, to your point, closed for business. So we need to continue to advertise our brand, and I think we've got a governor that realizes whether it's a trade mission to Israel uh, to bring technology here, or uh, you know other other things that he's doing. I think we've we've got a good person in the governor's mansion. And we've got strong leadership in the House and the Senate. And I think it's um, for, so for those reasons and the ability for me to kind of have a little more say in what I what I'm able to accomplish. Um, I think it's been uh, it's been all I thought it was going to be, you know, growing up in South Florida and just being a Floridian my whole life and just being proud of Florida. Um, I've never been more proud of my state as I am now, like being like how strong we are right now. I mean, this is yeah. like. We're always like we're the Florida I always thought we could be, yep. and um, you know we teeter on that edge of maintaining. You know, in a way, is this situation with Fort Lauderdale mm-hmm. at the end of the day might be a good thing because you know sometimes people need to see you know a result before they can take action, and maybe in a way this Fort Lauderdale situation is a sacrificial lamb that makes everybody realize we need to address our sewage issues, like you said mm-hmm. earlier to that point. Um, getting rid of septic and maybe getting everyone on a current, you know, more modern sewage mm-hmm. program is going to be a huge benefit to our water overall. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. Now I, I think um, if you, uh, if you went home and, and sat with your wife and you said, well, we're going to remodel the house. Yeah. Would you rather paint it and put a new roof and new windows on it? Or would you rather take the rusty pipes out of the slab and replace them? Cause those two say those two things cost them. You don't want to do the one you don't see. Right. And sewer pipes are hard to sell. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, you know, the, the, the silver lining in, in these recent uh, catastrophes is what, you know, these incidents that are, you know, terrible to go through. But I think it, it, it brought to your point, it brought to the service uh, the fact that we do have some issues underground and we've got to address them. Yeah. No doubt. I mean, it, it needs, and I hope people pay attention to what's going on down here. And maybe that's one of the goals of the show today is just to say, hey, that happened. Yeah. It's going to happen in other places. Address the situation. But one of the one of the things that I have um, worth paying for. You're right. So one of the things that I've said to 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 people, and it it goes back to partly because I had to, but at the same time, it's I want to, and it's the only way to get something really done. Is um, often use the hashtag working together. Mm -hmm. Well, the only way that I'm going to get something done when I was uh, a county commissioner, and I had Lamar Fisher. And Jack Seiler, for example, and other and Bill Gantz and Deerfield and, and mayors that they didn't look at me as being the Republican County Commission. They worked. They looked at me and said, well, we need to get a project done. Can you help us with it? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, if you forget about that kind of stuff and you're just you're you're on one side of the boat with a, with a you know, rowing and they're on the other side of the boat rowing, you, you get something done. So to your point, I mean, I think it's really important that we, you know, we, we, we don't uh, emulate uh Washington DC or what happens on the the national news in Florida. I think Florida to your point is in in the best shape it's been in a long long time. 
the economy's firing on all cylinders. Our port system, our airports, uh, you know, everything's being modernized over the period of time that, you know, we've right. been coming out of the recession and growing. The, this is also a state that's been doing a great thing for the arts. Yeah. You know, and I can speak to that directly because in, in some of the work that we've done with the city of Pompano Beach, and I also know a lot of the other programs that are happening, you know, the rise of Wynwood, um, you know, just as, as an independent thing, um, you know, and a lot of the, the money that's being put mm-hmm. into the, you know, if you look historically back through any society, mm-hmm. right, to really get a, a pulse on how things were back then, you know, you're going to study, you know, the innovations and you're, you're going to study the wars and different things like that. But if you really want to have a reflection of how the time was, you're going to look to the art. Mm-hmm. And that's why we feel that art is just an important, you know, part of society. You know, whether or not, you know, um, people feel that too much money is being dumped into the arts or that's up to the guys like mm-hmm. you to really balance all that out and in the commissions and, and the different people to say, okay, what's appropriate you know, for what's being given. But Florida has always been a huge supporter of the arts and innovator of the arts. Um, proud to see that as well. So yeah, we, we had a, we had a, uh, I get warned every time I come home, you know, about next year's budget. I said, well, last year's budget, for example, the, uh, the cultural arts, uh, capital, uh, program went from 2 million to 22 million. So it was a, you know, 11 fold. Wow. Um, wow. That being said, I've got some good friends in the arts here that would remind me that it should be 80 to a hundred million. Right. So, right. You yeah. Know, I, I come home with, come home with great news yeah. and, you know, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, and just for the record to, to, to back up my statements, you know, I'm a small business owner. Mm-hmm. So I take things from that perspective. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not just, you know, an artist looking for handouts, you know, so I can yeah. make a living. You know, we're, we're self-sufficient here, you know, and, and I look at things from that standpoint as, as a conservative small business owner. Well, if, you, so, if you look at, you know, Pompano Beach is, you know, well, my wife was born and raised in Pompano Beach. And, you know, if you, you know, my plug, you didn't ask me to plug, but I'm going to see, you know, if you're in your boat, you cruise down the intercoastal, you, you'll see your artwork on the bridge. I mean, you'll see all that, uh, you know, the, the sails on the bridge, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the pier reconstruction. Um, the, the fish sculptures all around Pompano Beach. I mean, it all kind of ties together, and it makes you feel, you know, like you're in a special place. Lauder by the Sea, the same thing. Deerfield Beach is doing some uh, good public projects uh, yep. down on the waterfront. So, I mean, we've we've kind of finally gotten to a place where if you were a kid that grew up going to, say, New England on the little beaches along Maine or mm-hmm. New Hampshire or Massachusetts, you know, it's kind of like that in Broward County. You, you know, you can go to a little waterfront pier community and Lauder by the sea and Pompano beach and Deerfield beach. And, yep. you know, Fort Lauderdale is a little bigger, but it, it has its charm and you go South to, you know, Hollywood and other folk, other places there and other folks have uh, some good things going on. So it's, you know, we've got plenty of room. Yeah. The, the sign says, uh, you know, we're wide, we're wide open for uh, vacation and business. Um, you know, just be, uh, come, come down and bring your business, bring your family. Yep. You know, I had a question for you. Bring your quick. boat too. Yeah. Bring your boat for sure. By bait. Um, you know, we support some of the same organizations, Freedom Fighter Outdoors, Special Olympics, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's an important thing to kind of bring up too, uh, is a lot of the advocacy work that you've done, you know, throughout your career. Um, it's extremely admirable. Uh, one of the things that you've also done, maybe not you know, to the charitable standpoint, but more the functionality standpoint with the oceanographic um, radar system in Port Everglades you developed. Can you elaborate on that? Because I thought that was interesting. I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. before you came on. I'm like, all right, you know, 
you find out some more things that, you know, some things to talk about. And I found that out and I didn't realize that that had happened. Was this like 2018? That that yeah, it was right. It was actually it was right new, before right? I left the county commission. It was some early in 18. Um, it's down around Terminal 29, kind of the, on the uh, Dania Cutoff Canal. Yeah. Um, they put in some uh, <coughs> instrumentation that's uh, that's mon- that monitors uh, the the uh, conditions at Port Everglades. Uh, it's taken into a lot of federal data. Um, it's a little out of my a uh, little, little out of my wheelhouse as far as the technology there, but um, f- just like the sign that says we're open for business, we're yeah. also open to to be part of what's going on um, with both science and, and the federal government and gathering the right data. We also have. Um, I never realized that we that we had to pull our data from where was it Lake Worth, yeah, or or, yeah. or Miami. Yeah, so I mean, as, as we as we talk about, I know it's funny as as we talk about sea level issues, which I'm a big believer, and we need to come up with a with a comprehensive plan to to do these things. And and I'll give you an example: if we're going to take the water, um, excuse me, the, the sewer pipes out of the uh, out of the ground and replace them, we just had a project in the town of Hillsborough Beach had a project. They were doing their water line <clears throat> themselves, and then the county was doing their their um, sewer line. And I'm thinking to myself, you've got one road in this town. Mm-hmm. You're going to dig it up. You're going to make it impossible for people to get home and out their driveway and back and forth over bridges, get off the Barrier Island. If you're digging it up, let's do the, let's do both lines because they were off by like six months to a year. Oh, really? So even if you have to wait with the water line or the county has to, has to expedite the sewer line, do them at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you you think about some of these projects, it's just a matter of uh, getting some folks in the room. So um, – I th- to that point, I think if you're going to uh, take up the lines underground, it might be the same time you want to start dealing with if they're in coastal areas or by canals, mm-hmm. deal with the sea level, uh, the the sea wall issues. Right. Um, so when you talk about data coming from Port Everglades, our uh, I was kind of a Port Everglades geek, um, just because that was that was one of those areas like this, this thing is not political. Right. Um, it does a ton of business. It's the number one container port in the uh, in the state of Florida. Um, it did 35 now, I think 35 billion in overall goods in and out. I mean, it, it, it's number two petroleum port. So I became really interested in all the different businesses running there. Um, while I was commissioner, Governor Scott approved a program with DOT where they raised Eller Drive. Mm-hmm. Um, they built a new railroad inside the port. So it was really like a federal, state, and local government project where they basically we can get cargo from the ships out of the port without having to stop traffic and, and do all that stuff. Um, so what was really interesting was um, using that economic engine, the port, for example, as an opportunity. So Nova Southeastern was was right there at uh, at the mouth of Port Everglades, um, and you know as they if they were I, I think that for a long time they were looking for for someone to give them a lot of money to to name the building, but uh, obviously <laughs> Guy Guy Harvey Research. I mean it was kind of right under their nose, right? I mean they're doing shark research there and other things, but the the bigger part of that is. When we have issues on the beach, for example, um, turtle turtle monitoring, mm. um, dealing with all those things, and you, you're thinking you go out for public procurement, who should do this work? We have the <laughs> we have the the turtle scientists right down the street. Right. So having you know having an institution, for example, like that, studying the coral reefs, um, we should know whether we're using the right or wrong sunscreen. We shouldn't allow our city council members or commissioners tell us. We can no longer use sunscreen, so let's everybody get cancer. Let's figure right. out what kind we can use. Yeah. And that way, you know, we're not hurting the, the reefs. At the same time, we're not going to put ourselves in jeopardy. So I think ha- having 
engines like Port Everglades and the airport and and some of the other educational facilities close to us here, we're gonna we're gonna be able to use some of this data. I'll get one one more example, like, like uh, for example, the shark uh, research. FAU has a student up at um, their K twelve program, Henderson, uh, eighty Henderson School, um, which is a young lady. She's uh, I think a sophomore in high school, and she's she's created an antimicrobial band aid from using the uh, shark skin. Really, which basically. Apparently it doesn't doesn't get uh, bacteria. You know, it's again above my pay grade, but here's here's using the science right down wow. the street and, and sharing it with uh, between two universities and and then all the way down to a eleventh grader in a high school. Mm-hmm. So I think having that here is important. Do you get involved at all in fisheries management or legislation over that ever? That you haven't, but yeah. um, you know one of the one of the things I I think that is uh, you know we've got we've Got to look at, we got to look at things and as they are, and then as mm-hmm. they might be able to become. In other words, if we've, if you know, if if DEP, if uh, Florida FWC would would right. be kind of o- over that, but as a legislator, there's no reason why I have a relationship with a couple of the members of FWC talk about this issue. So I mean, if there's something that that is uh, of concern for you and the community, that's mm-hmm. You know, open door. I mean, one of the things that I, I can say with pride is that, you know, we have an open door policy. We have mm-hmm. uh, folks that uh, if they want to reach out from a different district or something like that, we, we want to talk to people who have issues. Okay. So, no, that's great. I mean, that's yeah. great to know that because um, I know we bring up a lot of those issues mm-hmm. here on the show uh, from time to time. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, brought up a, you brought up some uh, nonprofits that are near and dear to my heart. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're great ones that kind of pull at your heartstrings like Broward Children's Center and mm-hmm. Special Olympics and things that we can do for organizations where, you know, people clearly need, you know, our help and outside help. Um, and then there's organizations that, that, you know, came to be because somebody wanted to do the right thing for uh, those who did things for us. And you brought up like Freedom Fighter Outdoors and he's a neighbor yes. of mine. And uh, so he for years was doing, you know, with at the generosity of uh, Jimmy Buffett using the boat, taking you know, wounded warriors out fishing and, mm-hmm. and then hunting and, and doing the same thing up in New York um, to the point where he got so big, you know, he'd take all these boats would leave out of Lighthouse Point Marina and I'd go over and say hello to them. Typically they were kind of on a Tuesday and we had a commission meeting. So I'd be the only guy wearing a tie and, mm-hmm. you know, they're all ready to go fishing. But um, a couple of times I did go and uh, it's, it's life changing for some of those guys because you, totally. you don't realize, yeah, you don't realize, you know, Physically, they may not have any scars, and you know there was one one time that I'd asked about a gentleman that was you know a, a wounded warrior that was uh, a year before, and you know Vinny told me you know he took his life. So you think you know some of these things it, it's going to change someone's life, mm-hmm. you know, and you have, to, you have to keep you know these are the things you have to keep doing. Yep. And we've got so many people in this community, uh, Ryan Owens run that uh, they do in Deerfield and, you know, remembering uh, veterans, things like that. So um, there's a lot of things that people can do to get involved. And, you know, whether it's a dune planting and, uh, you know, in Pompano Beach, sure. which can be doing a bunch or or working with uh, veterans or whatever your interest is. You know, I think that's um, that's a thing to an important thing to bring up. Like, you know, we the FFO is, is mm-hmm. like our main organization that we support here on the show in the studio. Uh, we work hand in hand with Vinny and Sarah. They do great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're more than proud to be involved with them. I personally got exposure fishing my first event with them this last event and really, you know, working closer with the veterans. I brought a couple of veterans on the show, Anthony and Ed. And, uh, you know, 
you can say, you know, I mean, the financial support is great, mm-hmm. but what these guys really need is the interaction and just knowing that people are there to support yeah. them because a lot of them are teetering on a razor's edge. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately. And, and well, and it's a, it's a situation where, um, they won't say anything. Right. They won't ask for help. I mean, there's, whether it's a veteran of, you know, World War II or a veteran of Iraq or Afghanistan, um, there, you know, there is a common, there's, things are very different today. Mm-hmm. But there's also still a common thread where it's not something you talk about. Um, I work with uh, a couple of veterans that have been doing, uh, created an opportunity for uh, veterans to uh, find uh, great opportunities for, for work, you know, employment opportunities, uh, different areas where they might not normally have a, uh, a network of people to get to, to, to be able to in- interview for a job or things like that. And, um, you know, some of that when it, I have a, it's interesting. I have a big flag in my, in my office in the Capitol <clears throat> and it's embroidered, uh, with, uh, Camp Aramadi on it. And it was from a friend of mine who was a, actually Gibbons grad, Ian Bamman, who, uh, he had been over with the United States army, uh, came back working in the insurance industry and he wanted to, he wanted to go back and serve. So he was part of the Washington state national guard and went back over and he brought the flag with me from his, from his company. And, um, that's you know, great. It, it just people always ask, you know, "Oh, you, did you serve?" And I, you know what, I, I didn't. You know, I would have, I would have liked to. I didn't. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I didn't. But, but I am proud of the fact that I can make sure that people see that flag, and let them know that you know there are a lot of great veterans in our community, and we've got to continue to make sure that we uh, create opportunities for them. And, and that quote unquote little fishing trip for the day mm-hmm. makes a difference in someone's life. It certainly does. Yeah. It certainly does. And also, a lot of people will look to the government to solve all your problems. Don't do that. No. You know, solve your own problems. You know, think locally first. You know what I mean? Make differences in your community. Support organizations like the Special Olympics, the Freedom Fighters Outdoors, or someone, you know, that supports the veterans, that truly supports the veterans, not just tries to exploit the veterans. That's really probably the more important thing to say, you know, because there are organizations, unfortunately, out there like that. Um. And, you know, try to make a difference in your local community. I agree with you. But, you I know, think the most important thing you said is don't look to the, you know, the government can can assist with it. You know, a, a successful government will be a government that has a uh, a, a good set of services in a, in a safety net. Yeah. And it's exactly that. It's a safety net. Right. The government can't solve all our problems. I mean, I would say that, you know, if I could be a little kitschy, it was that I got involved in government because for, for the most part, some of it I didn't trust. Right. And I trust they were doing it the right the right way or the best way, and uh, not that I have all the answers, but I'm going to go out and, and do my best to try to make sure that you know someone is keeping an eye on some of these things. Yeah, that's much great. Of it, so. Yeah, and we're we're proud to have you in that position. Thanks, Certainly, I appreciate it. Um, I real quick, I don't ask gotcha questions on the show, but I am going to ask you one. Okay. Because I promised a mutual friend of ours that I would. Oh. So, what's your favorite local restaurant to eat at? <laughs> Well, there's only one that has the chips, relentless oysters. <laughs> so I uh, love me some Papa's raw bar. There we um, go. And they have my brother-in-law's wine on the list. Dariush. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I would be, uh, so for the, the days I don't want to have uh, that casual atmosphere and I want to uh, button up a little bit. Uh, yeah. Daryl and Oliver's cafe max. Yep. Awesome. So, there you go. I don't think I've left lighthouse pointer pompadour on those two. Yeah. Very cool. I want to give a special shout out to Chuck Faust and Bill May, nice. um, who was um, instrumental in us meeting and getting together. Um, I want to thank you very much for coming on and giving us your time today. Absolutely. Um, it's truly, My pleasure. truly, truly, really, really means a lot to us. Um, it means a lot to me. 
personally. Um, and John. Right, John? John, you haven't said yes, a word sir. all day. John's nope. doing an awesome job. Um, <laughs> busy with notes, notes like always. Notes, so. So I want to thank you for coming on. Thank you for truly becoming connected by water with us. I appreciate um, it. You know, we're appreciate gonna... your work too. I mean, it's it's nice to see uh, local uh, local success stories and uh, not just the the uh, the pleasing on the eyes and, and inspiring artwork, but the fact that you uh, call yourself a small business owner and you're you're keeping the economy moving forward. And um, if anybody who uh, listens to this uh, podcast. Needs to get a hold of us. Um, so we talked about social media a little bit. Yep. You and Throw I and, uh, at Chip yep. Lamarca or at Chip Lamarca, Facebook or Twitter. Um, I've been told you know, I'm, I'm kind of a tweener in between. Yeah, I, I've been told I need to use uh, Instagram more often too, and that's at Chip Lamarca as well. Yeah, but, I need to get better. At so that. I just you know, we you and I communicated to set this this yep. uh, interview up uh, via Facebook. So uh, anything we can do for you, we'll connect you back to the office if it's a state issue and if it's a county issue, we can help you there too. That's a, that's right. amazing. You know, um, just uh, I want to just you know listen. Give my best to Governor DeSantis. Uh, he, he, we always say that he's um, he's I, I, John's going to laugh at me because <laughs> I'm like a DeSantis nut. I really am. I think the guy's going to be president one day. Um, but I, I, I my goal is to like hopefully one day he wants to be a guest on the show. So Governor Ron, come on the show. So I so. would just I would end with this and say that um, probably one of the most important. I wouldn't say the because. The governor's got to be the most important person in Tallahassee, but probably very, very close to that is the chief of staff, who is a born and raised Broward County uh, product, uh, Shane Strum, who's a dear friend and predecessor of mine with local politics. And uh, we will definitely put a uh, request in, and uh, whether he can come to the studio or you can go to him. The governor spends a lot of time in Broward County. Obviously, mm -hmm. he was out Everglades Holiday Park dealing with the python issue. And, right. Um, he said he needed some new boots, so I guess I'll have some Python <laughs> boots when I see him next. We'll get him and connect to my water shirt. Yeah, so that, absolutely. I think I, I think uh, the more he learns about uh, what makes our part of the state and uh, our part of the water uh, unique, uh, the, the better he'll be at his job. So we'll try to get him down here and get him in the studio. Awesome. Very cool. Awesome. Chip Lamarca, representative of the great state of Florida. We're proud to have you. Thank, Thank you very you. much. And we're going to end with saying your ego is not your amigo. It's do your best and let God do the rest, right? Always remember to eat, drink, and be local. Always buy all your vehicles at Joey Cardi Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Subaru. Did it. Nice. Right? <laughs> and uh, no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing, we're always connected by water. Chip Lamarca, thank you Thanks. very much. Thank you, Dennis. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.